We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee. And we're sponsored by Oakley. Express your style. Build a look that's made for you, not somebody else. You. I wear my Oakleys every day now. Chris, I don't know about you and where you're at, but I rock my, I find reasons to go outside just to put Oakleys on. And that's not, I'm not doing that as a bit for the read. Like that's just genuinely something I like to do because they're so freaking cool, man. Uh, Whether you run, you golf, you train, or you just, want to look awesome doing yard work or going to throw i wear them to the grocery store this coffee shop it doesn't matter um like i've said before the copy here it says insert oakley athlete tied to team show lamar jackson debo samuel aaron jones justin jefferson killian mbappe no 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 it's your podcasters look like your favorite podcasters that's me and chris go get yourself some oakley's today at oakley.com because with oakley there's more than meets the eye if you don't want to get one of the like zany styles they have, because I love a zany sunglass, the Holbrooks, I shout them out every single time because they're my favorite sunglasses of all time. They're a really classic look, just like a square frame. They're super dope. You can get those right now. Oakley even offers for Oakley even offers, excuse me, prism prism. Here we go. Oakley even offers prism lens technology reading. Am I right? It's proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. If you want to know more, and I know you do, Head to oakley.com and do your own damn research. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better, just like it did mine. Because when you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try it for yourself. I've worn so many sunglass brands in my life, and I can tell you right now that Oakley is not only the best looking, but it's the best quality. I love them to death. You will too. Head on over to oakley.com for more information today. Our buddy Doug Farrar, friend of the show, over at Touchdown Wire, wrote an article with the most underrated player for each NFL team. And I thought his pick for the 49ers was interesting. And we're going to talk about it. Let's dive in. Blue wire. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Chris, I'm excited to golf with you on Saturday. Yeah, man. 
you set the bar super high. Like I'm expecting you to hole out from with every iron shot you're gonna hit now. That's that's kind of my goal. I've really been I've really been working at a lot of dry swings in front of the mirror. <laughs> it's been my <laughs> that's that's the my, key. It's been my go to. I've been catering my workouts this week to not mess with my hip at all, so I should be good to go. And Great. I'm considering walking with you guys. Okay. It's still TBD. It's a strong TBD. Okay. Look, I'm a I'm a big walker on the course. I think it's I think it's just really important to get out and just get some exercise. Sure. Um that's that's like a very small percentage of the reason why I go out and play golf, but I always feel like and this is going to sound super lame, but like I'm God, I'm more wait. I have a better feel for the course if I'm walking oh it. God. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm that guy. I'm super lame. But but as you experienced last couple of weeks ago when we played at Harding and it was cart path only when it's cart path only, you're basically walking as much as you would when right. you're actually just walking. Yeah. So um, highly, highly endorse walking. Uh, I think you, you stay in like a sort of a rhythm. You're not getting up, sitting down. Um, you know, I, I just think it's not it, it adds a little bit. Say that again. Nothing. I was just being funny. Go ahead. <laughs> No, I just think it adds a little bit to it. So um, for yeah, me, I'm, I go I'm, to golf to hang out with my buddies. And when I'm the only one riding, I don't get to do that. Yeah, that's fair. So that's my like, that's my, that's the crux of my issue here. Yeah. When you when you get to a get certain in. age, you need to find ways to get exercise. And I exercise every that, day, though. Yeah, I am of that age where I'm like, no, I need to. I need. No, I've been working all week, been sitting around writing writing content and recording content need to need to get up and move around a little bit so and it's a night you know you walk around a golf it's six seven eight miles depending on the course yeah man you're moving moving i'm happy i'm happy to hear that do some yoga on the tee box okay we're not besmirching (laughs) yoga we're not doing that we're not doing that today i will i will make a decision it's tbd stay locked into the pod to find out if i walked or drove the course on saturday out there in out there in Sacramento. Super looking forward to that. Anyways, let's talk about football. Doug for our friend of the show, the managing editor of touchdownwire.com, one of my favorite people to talk football with, super smart dude, wrote a piece looking at the most underrated player for each of the 32 NFL teams. And he initially sent out a list to all of the editors of the NFL wire sites and said, Hey, here's the list I'm thinking. If you have any gripes with the player I picked for your for your team, let me know. So his initial take for the 49ers was Tayshawn Gibson. Yeah. Which mm. we can talk about that in a second. But I told him Dre Greenlaw was a better pick. And that's what he went with. Your thoughts. Is Dre Greenlaw the Niners most underrated player? Most underrated player. It's hard to, and, and I mean underrated like, anecdotally. I, I don't have empirical data to say that he's underrated or overrated. Just kind of. To me, when people talk about the 49ers defense, it's Nick Bosa, it's Fred Warner. Sometimes Eric Armstead gets thrown in there. Talano Hufanga gets thrown in there now. But to me, Dre Greenlaw has such a sizable impact on the defense, and he would be the best starting linebacker on more than half the teams in the league. I I just don't think he gets enough credit. I think the answer over the last few years probably would have been Jimmy Ward, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but he's obviously not around anymore. I think Dre Greenlaw is absolutely a, a really strong candidate. 
and I don't have a, a better case for you unless I wanted to, you know, to go with our guy Tabor Pepper um, or or even even Mitch Wisnowski. And that's not a bit like I do think Mitch Wisnowski is a good punter, dude. is a good punter. And the fact that he's really like best in the league at pinning teams deep in their own territory is pretty helpful when you have the league's best defense. Right. That mm-hmm. That's like that's a, that's a very underrated aspect of what he does and what adds to his value and what makes the 49ers a hard team to play like that's not a bit like I do think what Mitch Wisnowski does for the Niners is underrated Um, but I but I think for the sake of the exercise I think Trey Greenlaw is probably the right call I think Tayshawn Gibson certainly made a strong case last year my thing with Gibson is like how confident am I that he's going to replicate what he did last season this season and I'm just not super confident, right? Like I'm not super confident that he's going to be one of the eight to 10 best free safeties in the NFL. Would you say that's what he was last year? Yeah. Yeah, Something probably, like that, right? uh, With- you know, admitting that I couldn't name every free safety in the league, but it's hard to play. It's hard to play a lot better than he did. Yeah. And he had a bunch of interceptions and like he came in and basically took Jimmy Ward's position after Ward started the year injured um I'm trying to think of other like is Juwan Jennings underrated I don't really think so so here's so Juwan Jennings probably underrated from a standpoint of his importance to the Niners okay and and nobody if I go to fan bases of all 31 NFL teams and tell him to just start listing 49ers. I'm guessing nobody is getting to Jawan Jennings. Yeah. But I wouldn't, but he's also not like great. He's just a really functional player for for what for what the 49ers do. He's I think a, Kyle Uzcheck, I think Kyle Uzcheck kind of falls in that same bucket. I was just about to ask you, is Kyle Uzcheck underrated or is he I think more his properly, position is underrated? His position's underrated, but like does does his impact like obviously when people talk about Kyle Juszczyk, they're like it's very clear that he's the best fullback in the league. Yeah, he's but been in is the Pro Bowl his, seven straight years or whatever. Yeah, is his value to the 49ers underrated? I think you can make a pretty decent case that it is because so, we spend so much time talking about all the other skill guys, including the guy they added at the trade deadline in Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, I, I'm I'm right there with you. So last year in 16 games, he had 26 touches for 226 yards and two touchdowns that's on a per game basis is his worst kind of statistical output with the 49ers but i think with use check just kind of as a whole i think that's the reason he gets underrated i don't think anyone's saying he's if you say name the best foot the best fullback in the league i'm guessing everybody's going to tell you it's kyle use check because that's the only notable fullback in the league really right now yeah but the reason I, I would I would say he's underrated in terms of his impact is because he's not uh, Lorenzo Neal. I love Low Neal. He's not Lorenzo Neal where he's just getting downhill and and going heads up with middle linebackers. There's just, he's ostensibly, and we've talked about this. This is why his contract is is valuable despite its size relative to the position he plays is because he's ostensibly a second tight end for them. He can get downhill and block, but he's a really good move blocker. You can split him out in the slot. You can split him out wide. He can make make plays out of the backfield. There's just so many different ways that that they can utilize him with 
personnel groupings and the formations that they can do out of that, that whole art of deception that Kyle Shanahan has kind of mastered on the offensive side runs because of Kyle Juszczyk. Right. And I think when you remove him from the equation, when you look at the Niners offense in let's say six years in the post Kyle Juszczyk era, if Kyle Shanahan's still around, the offense probably looks significantly different because it's not really easy to just find guys who are good at all the things Kyle Juszczyk's good at. Yeah, and we know how much Kyle Shanahan's offense is predicated on explosive running plays, right? Mm-hmm. How often do, when you see a 20, 30, 40-yard run, do you see a great Kyle Juszczyk block, whether it's a linebacker great or a safety or, you know, like he's he's really important to that aspect of their offense. And when they are getting explosive running plays, that's when play action works. That's when they yep. start really getting in those situations where Kyle Shanahan's in a rhythm and able to set up plays with all of his play calling. And Kyle Juszczyk is a substantial part of that. And to your point about being able to use to utilize Juszczyk as sort of a, a de facto second tight end, his presence is really the reason why the 49ers haven't made a substantial investment beyond, beyond this year in the draft at that mm-hmm. position to back up George Kittle because they're like, well, we're not going to play two tight ends as much as we'll we'll just play, you know, 22 personnel or sorry, 12 personnel with two running backs. 21. 21. Right. Running backs first. 21 personnel. 12 is two tight ends. I do that all the time. I will write 12 and then Google it because yeah. I can't remember. Anyways, yeah. keep going. So, but, but the point is, is like they haven't felt super compelled to go out and make a big investment in the number two tight end because they're like, well, we kind of have that guy on Kyle Juszczyk and any number two tight end, we would ask him to do Kyle Juszczyk things and he's not going to do it better than Kyle Juszczyk. So I, yeah, I think you can make a very compelling case that he's underrated relative to the way he's viewed on the 49ers, but he's not underrated in the sense that like, to your point earlier, if you ask anybody who watches football more than casually, they'll tell you, yeah, he's the best fullback in the league. And like, it's not close. Yeah, and they understand his importance to to their offense as well. What's up, y'all? I am psyched to announce our new sponsor, Oakley. Express your style and build a look that's made for you. Man, I have been I'm legitimately so stoked about this. I've been wearing Oakley sunglasses since I can remember. I had a pair of the flax for when I played baseball. They were a staple. I had them. Everyone on my team had them. And I've been rocking with Oakley ever since. Oakley is changing the game and it's time to discover a whole new world of possibilities. Do you run, golf, train, or do you just want to look like your favorite athlete? Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel's rocking Oakleys. Then you need to get yourself a pair of Oakleys today. Suited for everyday eyewear with frames and lenses allowing for an extension of self, an expression of your personality. There's more than meets the eye. Here on Candlestick Chronicles, we are all about look good, play good. Like We debate what players are going to be good in the NFL based on what numbers they wear. Like that's how much we believe in look good, play good. And that's why Oakley is the perfect partner for us. We don't leave our house in the morning without our Oakleys and listen up because it's officially almost summer, which means you need to upgrade your sunglass game right now. Not today, not tomorrow, because next thing you know, it's fall and you didn't upgrade your sunglass game. Go do that right now. Check out Oakley.com to get yourself a pair today. I've got a pair of Holbrooks. I've had two pairs of Holbrooks in the last 15 years They are my favorite pair of sunglasses to wear. I don't leave the house without them. But get yourself a pair of corridors 
or the Sutros. Both styles I really, really love, especially for summer where you're out barbecuing or you're out at the beach. They are just the perfect sunglasses. And did you know that Oakley even offers prism lens technology? So what the hell's that? <laughs> We're going to learn together. It's proprietary technology to Oakley and available for everyday settings as well. You want to know more? I know you do because I sure do, and we can do this together. Head on over to oakley.com and do your own research. As you know us, we love doing your own research on this show. And while you're there, get yourself a pair of everyday glasses that'll be sure to change your look for the better. I'm telling you, people talk about the glow up with facial hair. No, no, no. My glow up came when I bought a pair of Holbrooks. So... When you wear Oakley, there really is more than meets the eye. Don't trust me. Try it for yourself. Well, trust me, but also try it for yourself. I've worn a lot of sunglass brands in my life, and I can assure you Oakley is not only the best looking, but it's the best quality. I told you I've had two pairs of Holbrooks. The one was because I lost them at a wedding, and I didn't even leave the town that the wedding was in before I left with a new pair of Holbrooks. I went to a to a store that sells sunglasses in the, in the town that I was visiting to get a new pair of Holbrooks uh, before before I went home. That's that's how much I love them. Uh, Oakley's not only the best looking, but they're absolutely the best quality out there. So head on over to oakley.com for more information today. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What about Brandon Ayuk? Brandon Ayuk is another is another name I threw out there when I was chatting with Doug about this. And I'm I'm kind of torn because I think he's to me underrated a little bit because of the same reason Dre Greenlaw is. If you remove Fred Warner from the equation, I think Dre Greenlaw gets a lot of the shine that that he probably doesn't get now. Right. And I think with Ayuk, if you remove <laughs> granted you're having to remove Debo Samuel and probably George Kittle from the equation. For Ayuk to really and Christian kind of McCaffrey, elevate. and now yeah, and now Christian McCaffrey to really elevate into that Justin Jefferson type realm where you know it's fourteen hundred yards and double digit touchdowns every year. But I also think that he does he like, he led the team in targets, catches, receiving yards, and he was second in touchdown catches last year. Yeah. And I think because of fantasy football, I think people know who Brandon Ayuk is. But I don't think he ever, if you're listing Niners weapons, he's probably last behind Samuel and Kittle and McCaffrey in terms of perceived impact. And like you go to pro football, uh, pro football focus, PFF has Debo as the number 10 ranked wide receiver and and Ayuk's like 20th. And to me, that that underscores 
the the lack of recognition I think he gets for just all the little things that he does really well. Like he's open all the time. He's developed into a really good run blocker. I just I think he's their best receiver, and I don't think he gets recognized for it. Yeah, I think I agree with you. I don't know that I'm willing to say he's their best receiver. He's definitely their best route runner, maybe their best. Yeah, I'll say he's their best route runner, but um, affects the game at all three levels. Yeah, <laughs> but we've already seen it in the spring, right? There was mm-hmm. him saying, I'm, I'm about to take off like Brandon Ayuk. His name is going to be listed on every single article when it's like break 2023 breakout candidates, whether That's it's fantasy point. or whatever, like Brandon Ayuk's going to be that guy. So does that mean he's underrated? I guess you can make a case that he's underrated, but I think to your point too, anybody who plays fantasy football, they're like, oh yeah, Brandon Ayuk's like a solid, been a solid player yeah, and, and could be like a, a potentially great player in fantasy. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I think I'm all the way in on Brandon Ayuk. Like how about this for like a sliding doors moment? What if the Niners don't trade up in the 20, 2020 draft? For Ayuk? Yeah. Yeah. What if they don't trade up for, for Ayuk in the 2020 draft and he ends up going to the Packers instead of Jordan Love? Man. The Packers could have potentially had, because Brandon Ayuk would have had more share of targets. He, he would have be had a, a better quarterback. Rodgers, bro. Yeah, he would have been a, potentially a monster with Aaron Rodgers. He would have been playing opposite Devontae Adams. Does that does does Green Bay investing in Brandon Ayuk mean that Aaron Rodgers stays and is more happy with the front office? Are the Packers suddenly more difficult for the 49ers to play? Man. And do the Niners, you know, do, do is Brandon Ayuk the difference in the Niners losing to like playing them in the playoffs in 2020? after the 2021 season when they go yeah. when they went to Green Bay you know like that's kind of a big sliding doors moment if the Niners don't get Brandon Ayuk and he goes to the Packers that could potentially have changed a lot of things yeah oh my gosh I'd never really thought about that I'm going I wasn't prepared to do this so give me one second to google so just, but I'm going back to the no it's a, this is fun so the Niners traded up to 25 from 31 available at 31 were T. Higgins, good player, Michael Pittman Jr., fine player, LaVisca Chenault, KJ Hamler, Chase Claypool, Van Jefferson, Denzel Mims, but all these guys went late second round. Ike's better round. than all of them. Yeah, and Ike's a way better player than all those guys, for sure. Uh, no no disrespect to any of them. Ike is just, I think, on a, on a little bit different level. So yeah, any, any receiver that they were probably going to get at 31, even if they trade back, is is not going to be as, as good as Ayuk. And the Packers yeah. might have been like, like what the year we're expecting Brandon Ayuk to have in 2023, he might have had two years ago with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. Or maybe, or maybe the whatever got him in Kyle Shanahan's proverbial doghouse winds up derailing him in Green Bay and he just hates Aaron Rodgers. Oh, interesting. I, I don't I, I again I don't I don't know that's a that's a hard thing but here were the receivers taken ahead of Ayuk in that draft Henry Ruggs Yikes. Jerry Judy yeah. not hasn't been as good as as I I think yeah hasn't been as good as Ayuk although there've been some quarterback problems there in Denver CeeDee Lamb good player but I think if you swap CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Ayuk we talk about them the opposite way 
How so? Where C.D. Lamb is a good player who's still kind of waiting to break out, whereas Ayuk has just had monster years in a in a in a Dallas offense that has Dak Prescott. Okay. And then it's Jalen Rager, and then Justin Jefferson went twenty-two, three picks ahead of Ayuk. I think you can make a case that Ayuk is no worse than the third best receiver in that draft. Right. I think I, I I agree with that now, and I think that that if he has the year that he and a lot of other people think he's going to have, I think he'll be the second best receiver from that class. So, although CD's good, man. Yeah, see, so CD's good. Michael Pittman, nah. Okay, but just numbers wise, Michael Pittman has two hundred twenty-seven catches, twenty-five. 110 yards, 11 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. T. Higgins has 215 catches, 3,028 yards, 19 touchdowns. Ayuk has 194 catches, 2,589 yards, 18 touchdowns. So, how many targets for each of those guys, though? Like Pittman has 331 targets. I don't think Ayuk yeah. has that many. No, 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 he doesn't. Um, and that's where that's where that's where I just I I think. If Ayuk is underrated, I think that's kind of why. The Niners are regularly in the bottom 10 in pass attempts. They have so many other weapons. Like Michael Pittman's yeah, the that's dude fair. for for Indy. The Bengals don't run it a ton. And T. Higgins is the number two guy with with maybe the, the second or third best quarterback in the league. So yeah. situation is is certainly part of it. Yeah, I would take I think I would take Ayuk. Hmm. I would probably take Ayuk third behind Jefferson and CD. And I think I think you're right when you point out that Pittman and Higgins are probably in better position to to put up more numbers than Ayuk. Um, yeah. And if you, I'm sure if you take away like Ayuk, you know, being in the quote unquote doghouse to start 2021 then his numbers are probably, you know, he's probably got 20 more catches. Yeah, and I think he has 2,000-yard seasons. Yeah. Uh, my, Michael Pittman last year, by the way, 141 targets. He caught 99 of those passes for 925 yards. It's not He many. caught 99 balls and didn't get to 1,000 yards. That's hard to do, bro. Yeah. I think that speaks to the issues that Indy was having with its offensive line. Not a ton of end quarterback, obviously. Like, not a ton of deep passing. Yeah. And they just, they haven't had really good quarterback play either. No. Shouts to Matt Ryan. Is Matt Ryan in the league? No, Matt Ryan is with CBS now. Oh, he's fully, he's done. Yeah, he's out of here. Oh, wow. Okay, I missed that. Matt Ryan retirement. Let's check the old Google machine. Future Hall of Famer. He's joining CBS, but says he hasn't retired, according to Yahoo. I think he's retired. So what week does he start for the 49ers? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's got to be, if they're down to, man, if Sam Darnold's the only healthy quarterback and like Trey Lance and Brock Purdy or whatever, if they only have one healthy quarterback among their guys who are currently top three, They'll call. They'll call Allen, right? And 
they'll bring him up from the practice squad or whatever if he's still around. Okay. Yeah. Is Matt Ryan the next phone call? I think Matt Ryan's the phone call before that. The phone call before I think Kyle Shanahan think would call... I think yes. Matt Ryan before promoting Brandon Allen from the practice squad. I think they would probably promote Brandon Allen just because they kind of had to for that week, but I think Matt Ryan would then start the next week. I mean, there that's were, my take. We worse options than a former MVP who got you to the Super Bowl with. I mean, all he would it, really need to do is just like throw a bunch of bubble screens and quick slants. Just real quick on the whole 99 catches for 925 yards thing, because I'm now obsessed with this. <laughs> <laughs> there have been nine players. Well, it's happened nine times. There have been eight players. One player did it once. To have 99 or more catches and fewer than a thousand yards in a season, three of them have been wide receivers. The other ones have been running backs. Is one of them Jarvis Landry? One of them was Jarvis Landry in 2017, who had 987 yards on 112 catches. He... <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. That is bonkers. That's so hard to do. And then Keenan Allen had 100 catches for 992 with the Chargers in 2020. You're not great after the catch, I think, if that happens. Yeah, I think that, and that's the that's the whole thing with Pittman and Allen and Landry. Yeah, are really good route runners, and they're going to get open, but yeah, they're just kind of. Yeah, I think Ayuk's pretty good after the catch. Yeah, I think so too. He's, he's really really explosive. So, good player. Last one, mm-hmm. I think Trevarius Ward. I don't know if underrated is the right word, but I don't think he gets enough credit for his role in the Niners having the number one defense last year. I think he was fair. really, really good, man. Yeah. And even even if you go look at his his stats, like receptions allowed and completion percentage and passer rating, like he, he allowed four touchdowns and one pick according to PFF, although that's not always 100% accurate. But if you go look at the yak numbers, it's so rare that there was a ton of yak against him, which means he's there and he's making a sure tackle right after the catch. And that's really... In the modern NFL, that's super valuable. So just wanted was, to shout out Traverius Ward. He was PFF's players. 15th ranked coverage corner last year. Yeah. Um, which I think is fair. He allowed 58% completion rate. I mean, that's anything under 60 if you're a cornerback, I think is really good. Yeah. Right? Because most most completion percentages now for quarterbacks are in like the 70, 60 to 70% range. Mm-hmm. Um and like he's he's covering the the other team's best receivers a lot. Yeah, his um, his his game on that Thursday night in Seattle, where he just kind of eliminated DK Metcalf from that game was super impressive. And I yes. can't really think of a lot of times. I think DK did get him in the playoff game where he just kind of ran by him. I'm 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 pretty sure that was Ward. Yeah, but it was really rare that that happened, where you just left a game going, man, Chevrolet's Ward was terrible today. Yeah. Kansas City, I think he was pretty bad too. But that was he was coming off the hamstring injury or groin injury or whatever it was. His 11 PBUs are tied for the fourth most in the league. Yeah, he's just always around the ball. Always around the receiver. Yeah, really good tackler, good size, physical. I think he he was a really good acquisition for them. And not a pretty good number too, considering that's a premium position. Yeah, and I just... Again, this is this is now taking the underrated thing and just kind of putting it into the into the 49ers scope. But 
I'm trying to imagine what what their defense looks like if you remove him from the equation. Well, we saw it in early 2021. Right. It's it's so it's probably it's Lenore and and Emmanuel Mosley are starting corners on the outside. You have Samuel Womack in, in the slot, which okay, that's not based young, on what that's we a young saw. group. Yeah, and Lenore was unproven going into last year, and I think still to an extent a little bit. You have a rookie starting in the slot. How does that go? And then okay, Mosley goes down in week five. Zambri Thomas? It's some other street free agent in the vein of Josh Norman or Drake Kirkpatrick. It it, it really could have been a disaster. So Ward stepping in and, and being awesome was was really helpful for the Niners. No, when they went into 2021 with Jason Brett as their number one guy, and we all said, this is pretty scary because he's pretty injury prone, and then he tears his ACL in week one. And then Josh Norman's your number one corner for the first, you know, until they, the young guys started developing. That's what it looked like, like and right, like we've seen the difference when the Niners have a really good cornerback, like whether it's Richard Sherman or Charvarius Ward versus, you know, the other guys that we just that you just mentioned, like that's, it's a huge difference. Yeah, it's a huge difference. So yeah, I think um, I think they were really smart to get somebody like Charvarius Ward, who who was like a perfect scheme fit. Um, the, the contract made a lot of sense. What's he making 14 million a year? Uh, that sounds right. I don't have the number in front of me. Yeah. It's something like that. They, they did restructure him, but it's not a contract I'm really worried about. I don't think. No, me neither. Um, it was a, it was when, when he signed, it was one of those deals that was, oh, this isn't top of market. It's, it's a decent amount, but yeah, he got 40 and a half. So 13 and a half per year with 18 guaranteed. Yeah. And he Which, in 2024, uh, he's got a $17.9 million cap hit. His cap number is his cap number last year was 3.8. Or sorry, his cap. Yeah, his cap number in 2022 is 3.8. This year it's 6.4. And then it jumps up because of the restructure to 17.9 in 2024. Then the void year kicks in in 2025 when it's 12.3. Mm-hmm. And he's got three void years to sort of spread out that bonus. But like he would be. You know, his the last year of his contract realistically is 2024 and he would be 28. Yeah. Like it wouldn't be. Yeah. It wouldn't be crazy to give him another three year contract Mm -mm. for for a similar rate. Like, so that's that's one of their that's definitely one of their better signings over the last few years. And I do think that's it's probably underrated in the big picture, because like you said, when we talk about the Niners defense, it's Bosa, it's Warner. It's not and like again, you're, this, is you're, not, this is you're, not faulting anybody for pointing out the stars. Like that's what you're supposed to do. No, right. <laughs> but the uh, yeah, the conversation is like underrated 49ers. We're just kind of going through and saying like, who's a little bit underrated. I definitely think Charverius Ward in the big picture is underrated. Yeah, I, I agree as well. And then I just want to shout out Eric Armstead. I don't think at this point he's underrated just because he led the team in sacks in 2019. And he's people have kind of woken up to, to him, but He's a a key piece of their defensive line. And when you talk about them being a really good run defense last year, despite having trouble finding a another defensive tackle to play regularly, that's a lot to do with Eric Armstead. So shout out to him as well. Yeah, and I just think like like he caught a lot of shit. Maybe I don't know correctly so is the right way to say it. But like when you're a first round pick and then you deal with injuries and you have 
what six sacks in your first three seasons combined and you miss eight games in 2016 and 10 games in 2017 yeah. fans are are you know going to label you how they're going to label you and be disappointed in the general lack of production but then for armstead to have four straight seasons of not missing any games and then having some of his best games in the playoffs and even like in 20 in 2019 he had two sacks in the playoffs in 2021 he had three sacks in the playoffs last year despite not having a sack in the regular season he had two sacks in the playoffs so he's just he's become and he did deal with the knee injury that that really started i think early in training camp last year that he never fully recovered from but when he's been healthy he's absolutely been a a force for the 49ers particularly in the running game Mm -hmm. like he cleans up sacks and and i think a lot of his pass rush pass rush production easy for me to say is attributed to the fact that he's got generally a lot of really talented guys around him on the defensive line Mm -hmm. but he is unquestionably an elite run defender yeah. And having the versatility to be a good run defender, you don't see a ton of really good run defenders who play defensive end and defensive tackle. Right. And the fact that he can do both is is definitely a boon for, for the 49ers. So I think his contributions are absolutely underrated overall, particularly since he's been healthy for, you know, mostly the last four years. Or that, I should say from 2018 to 2021, those four seasons, he didn't miss a game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then he had, you know, 10 sacks, 2019, only three and a half in 2020, but 2020 was a bad year for just about everybody right. related to the 49ers. And then six sacks again in 2021, he's just a very, very solid player. Um, and I'm curious to see if he's able to bounce back this year and, and what type of year he's about to have, because he's a guy that you talk about like aging out and, you know, the 49ers sort of transitioning to a different era. I think he's one of those guys you talk about, but I mm-hmm. know he also wants to be a 10 year guy and he's two they seasons away from being a 10 year guy. Yeah. He's, uh, he's developed. I don't want to say developed into a really nice player. He's a first round pick. He was supposed to be good, but overcoming those injury issues in, in 16 and 17 and just becoming a really, really productive member of the defensive line was a pretty significant turnaround for him. So that was cool. He's a good dude. Walter Payton of the Year, Walter Payton Man of the Year nominee, like four years in a row. He might have his name in the Sacramento Bee in a story coming up here shortly, or at least some point this summer. He might, shouldn't you know that? <laughs> like, dude, <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the indications are. So Dre Greenlaw, I think, is if we're picking one of these players that we just went and, and talked about, I think Dre Greenlaw is probably the right answer. I agree with Doug. I forgot what he what his contract was, but it felt like highway robbery. It's so it's so cheap. It's so cheap compared to compared to what he would get if he hit the open market right now. I get he was coming off the injury stuff, and so I understand why he wanted to try and cash out as as quickly as possible. But two a, years, sixteen point four million. I would contend that if he hit the free agent market, coming off the tenure that he had with the 49ers to this point, he would be making close to that per season. Like Dre Greenlaw yeah. is probably a 13 to $15 million a year linebacker who the Niners got for eight. Yeah. That it wouldn't, would it floor you? So he got 16.4 for two years. Would it floor you if he got 16 a year? 
it would be a lot, but it wouldn't floor me. Like, yeah, I, right. Dre Greenlaw is a better linebacker than Mike McGlinchey is a right tackle. And Mike McGlinchey hit the free agent market and basically set it at right tackle. Yeah. Like, wild. you know, Dre Greenlaw definitely could have gotten paid had he hit the market. But for whatever reason, he signed early and did the 49ers a huge solid because $8 million a year is is probably... 60% of what he could have gotten on the on the open market. He's under contract through 2024. So that was a two-year extension on top of his rookie deal. So he's under contract through 2024. He has no guaranteed salary in 2024. Like it's just a really, Here's... really inexpensive deal for a really freaking good player. Okay, so Bobby Okariki is getting 10 million a year from the Giants. Jerome Baker's getting 12.5 from the Dolphins. Matt Milano's getting 14.2 from the Bills. I'm going to butcher this. Uh Foyed Alokun with the Jags, 15 million a year. Is Drake Greenlaw better than those last three guys I named? Alokun, Milano, I think he's and Baker. probably I think Milano's he's probably, really good. I think he's probably in like that Milano range. Yeah, and who's and he's making 14 million a year. Yeah. So, but with the way know, markets reset and stuff, he'd probably get a little bit more than that. So, yeah, like Roquan Smith got 20 a year from the Ravens, Shaq Leonard got 19.7 a year from the Colts, Fred Warner's making 19 a year, Tremaine Edmonds 18 a year. That's that's a lot of money for Tremaine Edmonds, CJ yeah. Mosley 17 a year. Yeah, I mean, 14 million a year for, for Dre Greenlaw on the, on the open market sounds about right. And they got him for 16 for two. Which is really still... good, really good deal for the 49ers. And he's only 26. All those other guys are older than that. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah. That's the other thing. Greenlaw is going to be 28 when he hits the uh, free agent market again. Hey, I have a question for you unrelated to anything. Oh, how old do you think Devin White is on the Buccaneers? Devin White on the Buccaneers. Was he the 20? He was on their Super Bowl team which was the 2020 season. And I think, I can't remember if he was a rookie that year or in his second year. He might've been in his second year. So let's see. So if he was 19, 24. All right. He's 25. I In my head, Devin White's like 28, but he's 25. So I was going to say 25, but then I figured I might be a year under my math. Because you, you said to guess, but yeah. Anyway, much younger than I was expecting. Yeah, totally. Yeah, four, four I don't know if, if if you had just told me to guess just without like thinking about it and trying to do math, I probably would have said like twenty seven. Any every player is right. twenty seven. That right. till they retire, that, every player is twenty seven. That's kind of what I was thinking, but <laughs> yeah, he spent three years in school. Huh. Anyway. Wild. Must have started as a true freshman. All right. Party on. That's Candlestick Chronicles. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Greg Greenlaw's 49ers most underrated player. We've decided. We've determined that. Subscribe, rate, review if you have not already done those things. Shout out to Oakley, our wonderful sponsor. I'm going to the A's game tonight. I'm going to the reverse boycott, and I'm going to wear my Oakleys, obviously. I'm not going to not do that. Right. Where are you sitting? In section 
120, I think. Oh, so pretty close. Yeah, I get good seats. <laughs> Are you? Did you get cops comp tickets for the reverse boycott game, buddy? John Fisher's not getting a dime from me, bro. <laughs> oh, that's outstanding. I'm gonna pull up. I'm gonna have a good time in the parking lot, and I'm gonna go watch the game for free. That's outstanding. Say, say, say hi to Wade for me. I most definitely will. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thank you, Chris. We will talk to you guys next time. Bye.